Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey everyone, how are you? This is Ben Kissel. I wanted to share with you a couple of interviews that I did over the past week on Sirius Channel 450 for the Fox News talk show that I host. Uh, I had a chance to interview director Rob Reiner. Of course, he is a Hollywood legend. He directed Spinal Tap. He also plays Izzy Rosenblatt, a radio DJ in the movie Primary Colors. So I channeled my inner Izzy Rosenblatt and we talked about a new group that he is joining called the Committee to Investigate Russia and if you want to find out more about it, go to investigaterussia.org and you'll be able to learn a lot more about what the group is uh, what its intentions are and obviously it wants to set up a special council which already exists with Mueller uh, but more of a committee, uh, a commission like we saw with with 9-11. So I talked to director Rob Reiner about that, a true honor of my life. I also had a chance to interview Ebony K. Williams. Uh, she was previously on the show The Specialist on Fox News before it was canceled. Uh, she wrote a book called Pretty Powerful Appearance, Substance, and Success. We have a really nice conversation about uh, you know physical appearance and a lot of people infer certain different qualities based upon someone's uh, gender, weight, uh, color, whatever it might be. And uh, so we really talk a lot about that stuff. And I think it's definitely worthwhile. So here are the interviews. Hope you enjoy them. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Fox News Talk, everyone. I am your host, Ben Kissel. And now I am honored to welcome Hollywood legend uh, and uh, a personal idol of mine, Rob Reiner, is with us. Thank you so much for being here, uh, Mr. Reiner. Thanks for having me, Ben. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm going to channel. I'm, I'm going to channel my Izzy Rosenblatt, my inner Izzy Rosenblatt, and hopefully uh, this goes okay. Of course, that's a reference to the fantastic film uh, *Primary Colors*. So today, uh, you have launched a new uh, committee called the Committee to Investigate Russia. Uh, you've you've launched this with former uh, George W. Bush um, speechwriter David Frum. Tell us a little bit about what this committee is and uh, the importance of it, and uh, your thoughts overall about what's happening right now uh, regarding uh, Paul Manafort and the fact that he was wiretapped in 2016 by federal agents. Well, there's a lot to, lot to chew on there, but uh, today you're, you're right. We did uh, launch a committee to investigate Russia, and essentially what it is is a, uh, an aggregate.
an aggregation it's a compendium of uh of a lot of information hopefully a one-stop shopping where people can come and really get a full picture of exactly what happened to us in the 2016 election and beyond uh Mm -hmm. what occurred to me is that you know in the past We've always uh, come together as as Americans whenever we've been attacked, right. whether it was Pearl Harbor or 9-11. Uh, you know, politics, you know, the cliche politics, you know, stops at the water's edge. And, and, and uh, But for some reason, you know, we're such a divided country, that didn't happen this time. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, for us to really understand what happened to us, not mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, about the election, but what the Russians have been able to do... Uh, have tried in the past, but were very successful this time. I wanted to reach out to Republicans, and I did, and uh, people I respect and and who's uh, you know I'm not not always always agree with, but uh, people who are principled like uh, David Frum and Max mm-hmm. Boot and uh, uh, Charlie Sykes and and uh, James Clapper, and, right. and, you know people that we have, and and to basically say. You know, we have to come together as Americans to uh, to really understand what happened here and to uh, to to put together, uh, you know, this group of people to give all the information to the public so that we can protect ourselves in the future. Because the, Ru- right. the Russians have really been successful here and they will continue to do what they have done. And they've do- they, they want to destabilize democracy. They've done it mm-hmm. here and they want to do it throughout the world. So we have to really understand this. And if you want to learn more about this, go to investigaterussia.org. Uh, this is the website that's been set up, again, by the Committee to Investigate Russia. And uh, you're going to find a lot of information there. So we are seeing bipartisan support when it comes to individuals wanting to find out what the heck happened in 2016. However, what do you want to say or how do you feel uh, living now uh, in a time where we're kind of giving Russia the pass? We're giving Russia a pass. Uh, you know, I'm from the era of Red Dawn. You know, I, the Ruskies were the problem. Uh, this whole notion uh, and their ability to destabilize our, uh, our republic's democratic process. Why why do you think it's been difficult for some people to um, accept? Well, because it doesn't, we can't see it. It's not right. visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I've always said that if a bomb were dropped on New York City or, you know, any big city in America, we'd all go, oh, my God, look what happened here. Right. We've got to come together. You know, you look at a, a hurricane that comes through and we all know what that is. And yeah. we have to we all come together as as Americans to help each other. This has been done in a very insidious way. Mm-hmm. It is it is clandestine. It is uh, cyber warfare, which is uh, uh, something that people don't quite understand. It's hard for them to under- get their minds around it. It has happened. It is brutal. And if we don't put the right kind of uh, protections in place, and we remember 9-11. Of course. The George Bush. Uh, you know, he was not happy about initially about having a 9-11 commission because it might have been it might have posed some uh, embarrassment for him mm-hmm. uh, because it happened on his watch. But ultimately, he agreed that that's something that we need to do, because this goes way mm-hmm. beyond the presidency. This is about protecting America. Right. And the same thing has happened here. 
So we're not trying. We don't want to. Uh, this is not about uh, you know uh, attacking uh, Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever happens to Donald Trump is going to happen as a as a result of what um, you know uh, 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 Mueller and the investigators in uh, Congress do. Uh, this is about a much bigger issue, which mm-hmm. is what happens to this country when the uh, a foreign power gets their grips inside us and starts to destabilize us from the inside out. And this is something that they Russians have been doing not just to us, but to other democracies around. They tried it in France. They're now right. trying it in in Germany. We're seeing some things happen in Spain, and and also what happened in, with Brexit. This is uh, their their goal is to cripple democracy. And and by doing that, they they gain power. And we do wonder if Donald Trump will be safe from uh, impeachment because of plausible deniability, those sorts of things. We don't know what he knew, but certainly this wiretap of Paul Manafort will be revealing once we find out the information uh, that was recovered. And as you point out, the 9-11 Commission reflected very poorly on the Clinton administration, just as it did uh, George W. Bush's administration as well, you know. Obviously, with Susan Rice uh, recommending that Clinton not go take out Osama bin Laden in 1997, all a series of mistakes uh, that led to that tragedy. I'm interested to hear your um, opinions about, you know, we had the Emmys on Sunday. What is your opinion about Hollywood's role when it comes to uh, Donald Trump, when it comes to sort of um, feeding or allowing these the the misinformation that he was discussing uh, in the 2016? campaign and still does regarding uh, the military general supposedly dipping uh, bullets in pig's blood to kill Muslims all yeah, these kind of nonsensical stories it's but fantastical stories what do you, do you yeah, what, yeah, what, what yeah what are your thoughts on on, very, on the internet very very disturbing because the the one thing that the uh, the Russians were able to do in this last election and they used our social media right. Facebook and 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 uh, it, it, to great effect was they were able to uh, spread propaganda in a way that has never been done before to this extent because propaganda has always been around mm-hmm. but it's never they've never been figured out a way to take this tool the internet and and social media and use a cyber warfare to, to, to be successful. So when you start spreading fake news around, it makes it very confusing for right. the public to understand what's real and what isn't real. And so when, you know, the president of the United States traffics in this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it's uh, very, very upsetting because it, it plays into the hands of, uh, you know, Russian disinformation. All right, we've got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Hollywood legend Rob Reiner. Welcome back to Fox News Talk, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. I am with Rob Reiner, Hollywood legend. He has just launched a group called The Committee to Investigate Russia. Rob, thanks for sticking with us. It seems as if we have a blurred line between entertainment and actual factual information. We have Alex Jones, uh, a man who has proclaimed that juice boxes are making children gay, uh, has proclaimed that chemtrails are being uh, sprayed through the sky by commercial airlines. 
headliners. That man is being taken just as seriously as NPR or as, uh, you know, very significant news outlets. And I feel like we're living in a world now where people just flip through the television channels. They see news. They see what's happening with North Korea. But then they just flip through and they're watching the Kardashians and they're weighing these things with the same amount of, of importance. How do we stop that? It's a very, very tough question that you ask because... When we do give the same weight to what's happening with the Kardashians as we do to what's happening in, in North Korea or places around the world, it, it is very upsetting. You know, it's incumbent upon us to try to get real information out to people. Right. That'll require an independent uh, commission like we have with 9-11 to sit down and really study this thing to, under, to, to know what policies and what kind of regulations we need to put in place, how we need to work with uh, Internet companies or social mm-hmm. media companies to be able to say, you know, this is not something we want to, you know, if you have a, a, a troll or a bot spreading the news, you're not stepping on anybody's uh, 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 personal freedoms. Right. You're stepping on a fake person. There's not a real person there. So. Mm-hmm. We have to have the ability to discover that, and we're going to need uh, Internet companies to help us with that, but put things in place that that doesn't allow us to, you know, to get this information. Now, you know, it is the Wild West. The Internet right, right now is the Wild West. And you mentioned uh, Alex Jones, you know, saying that, uh, you know, that, 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 that Sandy Hook was a, was oh, a, sure. a fake, I mean, a hoax. Yeah. I mean, this, come on, this is... This is very, very disturbing stuff. And, yes. Uh, you know, he's got millions and millions of followers. Right. You know, people who are going to listen to that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, listen, they, they always had a thing about, you know, truth in advertising. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't let you put on something on the air, on, you know, free, you know, the free airwaves, unless it was truthful. You know, opinion is one thing. You know, you're right. allowed to have your opinion, but you're not allowed to have uh, your own facts. I mean, there are facts are facts, and we need to be able to have some kind of mechanism that can help people uh, disseminate the difference between uh, fact and opinions. Obviously, we have to live in a free society. People have to be able to protest. People have to be able to speak. Uh, just as you were saying, how do we weigh that? How do we, you know, if you want to believe that Sandy Hook was a hoax, okay, I whatever. You, you have a right to be stupid in this country, but you don't have right. a right to encourage someone to, to then go stalk the parents of the victims of Sandy Hook. So how do we find Find that middle ground, and we can get back to Russia here. I am. I apologize. I'm just so fascinated yeah, to, no, uh, to hear okay. your thoughts that's on okay. this. Same. No, no. The same thing about you know spreading rumors that that Hillary Clinton is running a child sex ring out of right. a pizza parlor, yeah. and it winds up with a guy going in there and shooting some. You know, shooting. You know, there could have been kids there. You know, right. you could have wound up killing kids. I mean, that stuff is very, very. Dang. You're not allowed to yell fire in a crowded theater. There are restrictions on First Amendment rights. I mean, you're not allowed to incite violence or do those kinds of things. So maybe we have to find the way that that makes, you know, that finds that line. I mean, listen, the 9-11 Commission came out with, uh, you know, they had to tread a very fine line between uh, people's liberties right. and uh, uh, security. And you have to, you know, it's a constant, uh, 
you know, a balancing act, uh, you know, in America, because we do like our freedoms and we should have our freedoms. But at the same time, we have to protect uh, uh, against, uh, you know, uh, the horrors that can come with somebody abusing certain freedoms. Yeah. Again, going back to the Emmys, you know, Trump was it was a Friars Club roast of Donald Trump more than an award show in some ways. And I did have a little bit of an issue because that institution had let him have a television show for 10 years. They nominated that uh, show, The Apprentice, I believe three times for the Emmys. They knew what a scumbag he was. What is the role of Hollywood when it comes to, uh, you know, creating some of these figures? You know, you harken back to Ronald Reagan. I just watched the great documentary, The Reagan Show. And you really see how they've used Hollywood tactics to frame themselves to make themselves look like presidents. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's one thing to... You know, have an entertainment show like The Apprentice, a reality show, uh, you know, for comedians to make fun of uh, Donald Trump. Uh, you know, it's fair game. And and uh, I got to, you know, I, gotta, I must admit it's it's uh, he's a goldmine for, you know, yeah. for, for late night comedians. But uh, there's a difference between that and then legitimizing somebody as somebody who should be uh, considered in a serious way uh, to to run the country. And that to me is not so much the role of you know what Hollywood or the show business community plays, but that has something to do with the role of uh, the, the the press, mm-hmm. the, the, the the serious political press, and how they uh, view somebody like this. And so, you know, uh, listen, he won he won the. Uh, the uh, uh, nomination fair and square. Uh, he beat out a, a lot of people, uh, and they didn't know how to combat uh, his his style. Mm-hmm. But at some point, uh, you, you you can't just keep uh, saying, you know, allowing him to say things that are just abject lies, and let him continue doing that. I mean, that's it's up to the mainstream media to be able to figure out what's true and what's not true yeah. and and call it the way it is and i think he gets a free pass not so much anymore but he gets a free pass and going back to the committee to investigate russia you were on cnn yeah. this morning and you did say that the russians were the main catalyst for this notion that cnn is fake news what do you mean by that and how did that come to be i think that when you have a lot of doubt sowed by propaganda that comes out of Russia, and they push certain things out. And then you have the President of the United States calling CNN fake news because he doesn't like certain things that have been reported about him. Or uh, then what happens is, you know, he's got the bully pulpit. So he has a lot of power. And so then it becomes more difficult for the real media, the real news, like CNN, like NBC, you know, PBS, Wall Street Journal. Uh, That's okay, Mr. Reiner. We'll plug in, you say, in Fox News in there as well. Fox. Yeah, no, Fox too. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I'm not talking about the commentators. I'm talking about, you know, people delivering the, the hard news. I mean, you look at Shepard Smith. And I love Shep. Great, and, yeah. and, Bre- and Brett Baer. Yes. He's been great. I mean, there are there are serious journalists at, at Fox News, but you know, it's it, when they got the president of the United States, you know, besmirching real news organizations, it makes it more difficult yeah. for the public to tell what's real and what's not real. That's a great point. And and just lastly, going back to the Emmys, the Sean Spicer cameo got a lot of attention. What did you think on that? Does that blur the lines further between reality and fiction? Well, yeah. 
I mean, you know, Sean Spicer went out there every day, and the thing, the bit that they made fun of was he he went out and in front of the American public told an abject lie mm. in as a representative of the president of the United States. Right. Now, press secretaries often try to, you know, fudge things a little bit, but they never come out and just tell outright lies. Mm. And this is what this guy did for a long time, you know, to make fun of that and to normalize it mm. and to say, oh, it's okay, it's allowed, you're allowed to do that. That, to me, is where... It's more than the blurring of lines. It's the obliterating of lines. It's the lines being completely obliterated. And it makes it even more difficult for the public to understand what's real and what's not real. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a true honor of my life to speak with you. And you have to come back on and we have to talk about your life a little bit. Check out the Committee to Investigate Russia. Go to investigaterussia.org. We will take a quick break. I'll be back with Ebony Williams. Talk to you soon. All right. That was the interview with Rob Reiner. Oh, I so badly wanted to ask him about uh, Spinal Tap making that movie and just his career in entertainment in general. But next time he comes back on the show, we'll talk about him uh, hanging out with Mel Brooks, Sid Caesar, his father, Carl Reiner, that whole crew, man. I mean, Hollywood royalty. Awesome stuff. Okay, now it's time for an interview I did with Ebony K. Williams, her book, Pretty Powerful. Uh, Check it out if you get a chance. I think it's a great interview. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to Fox News Talk, everyone. I am your host, Ben Kissel. I am joined by the author of Pretty Powerful Appearance, Substance, and Success. It's a great privilege to have Ebony Williams with me. Thank you uh, thank you so much for joining me. I knew you were going to botch that, Ben. It's Ebony I, K. Williams. Oh, thank you wanted you. the K in there. The K is in there. The K is, is, is the it book. crucial you say the K? The, of course it is. It's well, oh, my goodness. Way. Well, let's take it all the way back. Okay. Ebony K. Williams. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Ben. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> but not really. You never know when the middle <laughs> initial is supposed to be used. Oh, I guess if you see it you got to say it. i've earned the right to uh, to have it insisted upon i love it all right indeed you have uh of course uh this book is all about uh competing in beauty pageants uh you are a lawyer you're a regular all over uh specifically fox news at this point but you've been all over everything uh when it comes to uh, being a political commentator and a whole series of other things what are your thoughts right now when it comes to uh miss america beauty pageants as a whole i was telling you before uh we started talking here i was just reading an article in the Washington Post, and it was entitled Running for Miss America Now Looks a Lot Like Running for Office. Is this a good time? Uh, can you uh, finally in this country be, be seen as beautiful and smart? I certainly wrote the book because I believe it is. Uh, yeah. and, and certainly for a long time, they were seen as mutually exclusive. Right. And, and I go into that in great detail in the introduction of the book and the preface, which is Every Woman, where for a long time I felt like a walking contradiction because I was a young woman who was... It was grilled into my head, Ben. I was a first-generation college graduate, but mm-hmm. since second grade, Yale and Columbia, Juilliard, brochures has been coming to the house. You're going to finish school. You're going to go to law school. You're going to, you know, go be great right. academically. So that substantive component was just a non-negotiable for my mother. because She understood, yeah. as many parents in this country do, that education can be the game changer, can take you from generational poverty to a place of, of opportunity. Absolutely. And that's the goal. That's the yes. American dream. So that was clear. But then there's this other part, the appearance, right? So as a kid... She always wanted me to have opportunities that she never had. So I was in ballet and theater and all these other things, recruited eventually to do 
pageants. Now, you used the term earlier, beauty pageant. And to be totally geeky, Miss America is actually not a beauty pageant. A lot of people don't know that. Miss America is a scholarship pageant. Okay. uh, Where the primary thing there is to earn academic scholarships. But Miss USA, which is a different title, different competition, 100% a beauty pageant. Okay. So, uh, yeah. And, and what are your thoughts on beauty pageants versus a uh, the competition like we see here with Miss America? Miss America. Look, I think there's places for both, right? Yeah. So certainly the appearance part matters. It's mm-hmm. a pageant. It's visual, just like many other medians in our society, whether that be television or social media. You know, I mean, right. when have we ever been more visual of a society? Everything Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook right. Live. We, we love the media and visual components. Component. Mm-hmm. But for me, the academics and the scholarship component was essential. And mm-hmm. what I argue in the book, what I encourage the young girls I mentor to do is make sure not that you give equal time and resources to both, but that you have to sure up the substance 100 percent. Right. But at the same time, see, this is all about doing more than one thing at one time. Exactly. At the same time, Ben, you have to be mindful and intentional around the way you present. And it's not a uniform. You don't have to be glamour girl, eyelashes, makeup, six inch heels. That's not the only way to assert your pretty power, as I right. I use in the book. Do it the way you're comfortable. If it's right. chill, I mean, look at me right now. You know what I mean? I feel beautiful. I feel confident. I feel yeah. feminine. And I'm in sneakers and a track jacket. So right. it's, it's it's a very little makeup and no extensions. It's could be done a bunch of different ways. It's an internal. It's an thing, internal thing. But it's, it's, diffi- and it's about it's difficult authenticity though, because obviously yeah. we live in a society, as you were talking earlier, that's extremely superficial. Sure. You know, to a much lesser extent. I used to be 380 pounds. I'm a six foot seven man. I mean, these are uh, no, no, they no, provide. That's di- real though. Uh, yeah. It's it's a nightmare. Uh, yeah. And of course, you want to be small in the back of the well, room, but and pe- uh, unfortunately, and that's are, not happening. Well, people are mean. People, people are mean. mean. People, so, uh, kids are mean. Adults are mean. Right. And people make assessments, wrongful most of them, around what we look like. They assess our values. They say we're lazy. Exactly. They say that we don't have a good work ethic. All kinds of craziness, or all based off what we look like. We, ha- we have a much different situation. I'm a six foot seven white, uh, still you know relatively soft man, uh, and you are a, uh, a beautiful African American woman. Um, and Very so we, small we, in stature. Smaller in stature. Um, yeah. But we have different you know perceptions. So when you are being an intellectual, uh, being uh, in a, a philosopher, an author, uh, a commentator, Thank did you, you get? Uh, was that difficult to convince people mm-hmm. that you are as intelligent as every as every single uh, you know as every single document has proved you to be? Sure. Or you know because I mean, everyone has those issues. Well, right, and it's it's nuanced, right? Like who are we kidding? It's right. it's it's not like I wake up you know looking the way I look on Fox News Channel every day. I make effort yeah. to look that way. So right. you and I, I talk about this in the book too. You can't have it both ways. So I talk about the bimbo effect and the the mm. conclusion where there's a perception and it's clinically studied. That if you look a certain way, if you're deemed too attractive, male or female, actually, but for, particularly for women, right. there's a presumption that you are not competent, that mm-hmm. you lack the academic or intellectual capacity, right. and there's there's that narrative. Now, two things you do with that narrative, Ben. You either say, I'm angry and I'm resentful and mm-hmm. I'm bitter because people presume, blah, blah, or you do what I do, which is, okay, that's fine. You presume less of me to your own detriment, right. and, and people now underestimate you, and then you can flip it on its head and come out really very, very strong. Absolutely. And that is one of the techniques, you know, once I, because I had bad social anxiety disorder, things like that. Obviously, you're big. People are going to come up to you. Mm. And now I've just switched it. I say, okay, every time someone comes up to me to comment on my height, I can take this as an opportunity to, uh, I have an opportunity to engage with someone that someone else did not. That's right. Because of these things. And that is sort of the great, that's how you create love. And that's Mm. how you create admiration for yourself is flipping the script on them. And that's that kind of sets the hook. And it's very powerful. You know, your position, because people are going to make all these perceptions and uh, presumptions, rather, around who 
mostly you about basketball, you know, right, in a very cliche way, this, but that's not that. happening. Yeah, of course, whatever. <laughs> right? It's ridiculous. But like you said, now you're empowered around it right. instead of being shamed or embarrassed or having anxiety. And it's the same thing with women. We're picked yep. apart. Megan McCain, oh, uh, our goodness. former colleague, yes. you know, gives a great, great insight around her experience being, you know, larger than a size zero in television. Right. And she so owns it in a way that just makes you feel... Uh, empowered and beautiful for her. So now, how did you get there, right? Because yeah. all of us start out as as insecure ducklings. Yes, and, we are. Uh, how do us. you how do you get to the point where you say, "All right, uh, I recognize that this is how the world views me. This is who mm-hmm. I am. How am I going to bridge this gap?" Yeah. Again, in Megan's chapter, Mean Girls, uh, I talk about my own insecurities mm-hmm. because it's very easy. Everyone says, "Oh, you think you're so?" Uh, they look at the cover. Oh, easy, pretty girl talks about being pretty powerful. Right with insecurities too, Ben. Every lion cares. It's Halle Berry, Sandy Crawford, Beyonce, Taylor Swift. Everybody has insecurities. Right. And to answer your question, how do you get beyond it? You have to trust your preparation. You trust the mm. substance. That's the part you do trust. And then from there, I make conscious and intentional decisions around how I visually present. But where does my confidence come from? Mm-hmm. Certainly not my aesthetic, because that's not for everybody. You right. know what I mean? Certain people like it, some don't. Right. The 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 confidence and the security. And the self-value comes from trusting my preparation. No one will ever be more prepared for me than than me in a room. No one mm-hmm. will ever know more substantively about the facts than me in a courtroom, in a boardroom, or in a television studio, radio studio as well. Mm-hmm. That's the substance that you sure up, and that's where the confidence derives. Right. And so, uh, you know, as we see, you know, obviously 2016, we uh, it, there was a potential for the first female president. Uh, these, course, uh, these sorts of things are becoming more um, regular in society, but there is obviously still a lot of work to be done. Uh, what kind of role models did you look towards growing up? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what kind of role models do you feel do, do young girls specifically have right now uh, that can make them, you know, find, you know, their inner strength. I'll cite two that are in the book. One that I had growing up was Marsha Clark. And oh, I, really? She was, yeah, of course. Wow. Well, I knew from five I wanted to be an attorney. But okay. the issue was I'd never seen a woman lawyer in real life. Right, right. Uh, I didn't come from that kind of background. I didn't come from that kind of family. So the first lawyer been I ever saw that was a woman trying a case that wasn't a TV character, right? Mm-hmm. wasn't fictional, was Marsha Clark trying, right. of course, O.J. Simpson in still the most strangely, prolific yeah, case in the world. Strangely enough, kind of a TV character as well uh, in O.J. Right. Yes, Simpson. Sir, but yes. sure. And it became that. And yes, we're still fascinated, of course, with oh, that case 20 plus years later. So Marsha was somebody who you saw being picked apart every day. And she details it in her chapter right. where Judge Ito is, you know, it's Mr. Cochran, Mr. Shapiro, Mr. F. Lee Bailey uh-huh. and Marsha right. and Marsha and telling the jurors during jury instruction, don't be distracted by the hemline of her skirt. Mm. Don't. I mean, it's just stuff that would blow your mind. Right. But this happened and really not that long ago. No. So really being influenced by Marsha's tenacity and her resilience as a fierce female litigator in that courtroom and dominating. Interesting. For, uh, it must be a fascinating she, thing when you're going around the room talking about your idols. I'm sure some other people, yeah. you know, would uh, maybe say uh, actresses or, uh, well, you know, maybe yeah. some female athletes. Sure. But you went with Marsha Clark. Yeah, well, I knew I wanted to be an attorney. And what yeah. better example um, in terms of public eye of a female powerhouse litigator? Marsha was great. And she also happened to be the first interview for the book. So it kind of helped shape yeah. some of the direction. Um, nowadays, I mean, look, there, there's a lot that's good. There's a lot that's bad. Yeah. Uh, she's a little stale. I'm dating myself a little bit, but I talk about Tyra Banks in the brand equity chapter because much like Taylor Swift and Beyonce to an extent, 
But Tyra really get, gets this. She's a pretty girl, was a model, became yeah. a business mogul, yeah. right? Really leaned into that. Yes. And Kathy Ireland did the same thing. And they understood that there's an expiration date on that pretty thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah. I better get behind the substance. Tyra even going to an executive MBA program at Harvard to invest in the substantive development because right. that's the part that sustains. Awesome. I want to keep this conversation going. If we can talk about Hillary Clinton after the break. Uh, she's in the book, too. Okay, that Imagine would be that. one. I heard is... she had something coming out. I don't know. Yeah, something. Week. I don't I'm not reading it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm too busy reading. <laughs> Pretty powerful appearance, substance, and success. Ebony K. Williams, uh, she'll stick around with us right after the break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Fox News Talk, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. Uh, Ebony K. Williams, thank you so much for sticking it out with us. I got the you middle got initial. It. I'm doing this. Look I, at you. Hashtag pretty powerful, Ben. I can be Killing trained. It. Yes. Killing it. Pretty powerful <laughs> appearance, substance, and success is her book. Please go pick it up right now. Uh, it is powerful. And not just if you are a, a woman, uh, for a man uh, as well. It's great because these are issues we all face. Yes. Um, when it comes to self-esteem, self-respect, and getting putting the best you forward. Uh, so Hillary Clinton, she's on a book tour right mm-hmm. now. Uh, a lot of people are criticizing her. I know that you are. You align yourself with the Democratic Party. No, that's uh, not true. That is untrue. No. So I don't know that. No. It was an, uh, it was an <laughs> unknown fake, known. Hashtag fake news. Oh, my. I'm falling victim <laughs> to okay. fake news. It's okay. It happens. What do you think about her reaction to 2016? And what do you think about the media attention that it's been given? Uh, a lot of people are saying she's playing the blame game, not taking per, uh, personal responsibility. And, of course, there is a gender, uh, you know, there's a gender mist in the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, of course, she's not taking uh, responsibility or accountability. And that seems to be symptomatic of the Clintons in general. Uh, I think Mm. I saw a lack of accountability, understanding for what went wrong in 2008. And that's why a lot of mistakes were replicated in 2016. I mean, to me, when you when you are the predominant front runner, everyone knows your name. Nobody knew uh, a a junior senator from Hawaii named Barack Obama. But yet he wins. So I don't think that there were lessons taken by Hillary or Bill Clinton then. Certainly not taken now. Does she have a right to tell her story? Of course she does. Do certain people want to hear it? Sure. Do most people not? No, they don't. Uh, Most but, likely. Yeah. But you know what? This is my thing. I And I talk about her in the book. She's actually wasn't someone I voted for, not someone I've been a fan of politically or otherwise, really. But I will say, I don't think there's a woman in politics, Ben, who's been more picked apart and scrutinized right. than Hillary Clinton, primarily because she's been in the limelight for 30 years. Oh, absolutely. And so I kind of go through that and, think- and what, what we say about her the yeah. from the yelling. And Frank Luntz is also in the book. Yeah. He talks about how just really terrible Hillary was at gauging how to make those choices around how she presents vocally and aesthetically in a way that's going to captivate and compel people to, to yeah. vote for her. And of course, Frank Luntz would have an interesting insight given the fact he he's Mr. Uh, poll data. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's Mr. Uh, focus group. Mr. So. Public Opinion. The yes. Court of Public Opinion is the name of the chapter, so he right. understands that. When it comes to Hillary Clinton, being a woman uh, in power, 1990s uh, throughout, um, do you think that she chose a more, I don't want to, masculine uh, view of the world, a more masculine view of politics when it comes to the the crime bill in the mid-90s, which she was all for, referring to blacks as super predators, voting for the war in 01, voting to to invade Libya when Secretary of State. Do you think that she sort of succumbed to the idea that she's a woman, so in order to deal with that, Mm -hmm. she had to go more masculine with her policy choices? Well, you know, I don't want to draw that far of a conclusion, but I think it's an interesting 
dialogue because I do think she definitely went masculine aesthetically, right? When we talk about sure. the, the pantsuit and some of the hairstyles, and she tried a lot over the years. Some worked better than others. I think Hillary Clinton comes from a generation, Ben, where women were told to be taken seriously, mm-hmm. to earn a right to sit at the proverbial table of power and influence. You must divorce yourself from your femininity, right. and you must look like, act like one of the boys. So perhaps there's something to that from the way you frame the question. Also, Frank gets into, there are certain issues that for sure women are kind of predisposed to be the authority on. They tend mm. to be things like health care. Right. They tend to be things like education. Mm. Kind of the quote soft policies. Right. But when you think about national security, when you think about who you want pressing the button, when you think about who you want dealing with North Korea or Vladimir Putin, those tend to be pre- presumed to be male dominated policy. Right. So I do think when you're a woman in politics, particularly in national politics where those national security issues are on the table, people are still finding their way. You know, it is fascinating because we talk about sensitivity, this term snowflakes, which I'm so sick of hearing the term because everyone is... <laughs> everyone's a, a snowflake. Everyone's on, a please. snowflake. Everyone's, everyone's a human in being. Everyone's feelings. Sure. Exactly. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Do you believe if a woman projected the same amount of emotional instability as Donald Trump, they would have any chance of winning any elected office of from city not. council no. to president of the United no, States? No, 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 of course not. And, and that said, I don't think most men <laughs> would be given the right. benefit of the doubt that President Trump has. I think that he gets to play uh, in a whole different level around these issues because he comes from a background of celebrity. Mm. I think, you look at before he even won the nomination, so many press outlets, including Huffington Post, covering him only in the celebrity factor. So I just think that the He's a different kind of schism going mm-hmm. on there. But but generally speaking, you're correct. The woman and the emotional thing just has no space of coexistence in the right. political arena if she's to be taken seriously. Right. All right. Let's get out. Let's get out of the, the national politics and back to Ebony K. Williams. <laughs> uh, so you uh, were, were you were pushed to get an education. My father is yes. a German immigrant. My parents don't have college degrees either. And that was the main concern yep. was to get, as you said earlier, that is we live in a caste system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the uh, one of the layers of that system is education. There's no denying that. Sure. Uh, uh, um, uh, so when you did decide to go down and the the uh, the scholarship pageant route, um, were yeah. your parents uh, supportive or were they like, what happened? We wanted you to get an education and now you're out there doing that? No, the opposite. I only had one parent. It's my mother and she okay. was a quint- quintessential stage mother. And again, because we came from a bit of poverty, she saw it as an opportunity. She said, okay. you know what, if you can earn forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 during, you know, putting on a gown and a swimsuit and showing that you're fit and have some talent musically or otherwise, go do it. So she was all in. She was very, very much a stage mom. I stepped away from pageants because I started to feel a bit too uh, icky. And if you didn't win, I started to feel away. But when I got to law school, I went uh, to UNC on a full ride academically. So that was a blessing. Oh, we were just in Um, North Carolina a couple of weeks ago. It is gorgeous. Isn't it so beautiful? Yes, it's the best. Uh, And that was a blessing. But when I got to law school, didn't get uh, quite as much scholarship money. So I found myself in debt. You know, me and Sally Mae became quite acquainted. (laughs) And, (laughs) And so I reached back into my scholarship pageant drawer and pulled out uh, some gowns and some sheet music uh-huh. and I started doing the Miss Louisiana uh, prelim and got okay. a couple thousand dollars that way to finish paying for law school. I love it. It's, it's, it's funny because you don't really see these. This is, it's like a pro wrestler story as well. Yeah. It reminds me of Mickey Rourke from The Wrestler, yeah. but obviously a much uh, younger, just, more just beautiful more version sequen- of it. Just more sequins. Yes, yeah. more sequins. Oh, I don't know. Pro wrestling might have That's more sequins. That's actually true. Those that belts could, are pretty glitzy. Yeah, that That's could go true. either way. That's true. They might actually win out. But it really is just, it's just a working class move. You know, it I think is. a lot of times we see these uh, these women and uh, we think, oh, their lives, they must sleep on, you know, uh, you know wool sheets, but it, yeah. the wool is still uh, attached to the lamb, you know, or something. Sure. They think I mean, of them, yeah. uh, you know, almost as fairy tales. 
female creatures. Well, look, pageants are certainly a rich girl sport, as yeah. I say in the book. But but you're right. Many of us find ourselves desperate for any opportunity to gain uh, some access to that caste system that you spoke about, Ben. So if it's pageants, if it's commercial work, if it's waiting tales, all of which I've done. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get in where you fit in. Ebony K. Williams, thank you so much for taking no, time and speaking great. with thank me. Thank you, Ben. All right, get out there and buy this book. Pretty powerful. Appearance, substance, and success. Ebony K. Williams, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, you can get the book on Amazon.com or Barnes & Nobles as well. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for diving into Pretty Powerful. All right, this is Fox News Talk. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks so much for listening. Uh, I am Ben Kissel. You can find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. Also, find Marcus Parks on Twitter and Instagram at Marcus Parks. That's it for this, uh, I guess, a little special episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.